What is up, everybody? I'm George Mossy. This is my co-host, Sharona, and I have a very, very special guest. By the way, welcome back, Sharona. I have a very, very special guest, Michelle G. We learned about her on Darcy and Stacey this past season, and she is a celebrity matchmaker, and she has an amazing, amazing record of matching people perfectly well. And we've learned that she can find out things about you and find another person who matches those things about you, and you can fall in love, and you can have the happiness that you've always desired. And we're obsessed with people who can do things like that because we know when we date people on our own, we can't get it right. So I have so many questions <laughs> to ask. And this is her second time on the show. She's one of my favorite guests. I want to make her recurring. I don't know if it's possible, but I will. So I'm going to jump in and I want to ask you something because I've been watching a lot of dating shows lately. And where's the best place to meet someone? Because I've seen people in restaurants, on a first date, at a movie, at a bar, a theater. Where do you send your matches? And what is your strategy for doing that? Yeah, thank you so much for having me back on the show, George and Sharona. It's so great to be here. You know what? It is summer. So I think let's start by embracing the fact that it's summer at the time that we're doing this recording. And I would say that one of the best ways that applies all year round is I really traveling, like going to different places. Since the pandemic, people have been more open to dating outside of their immediate 100 mile radius and been more, more open to dating someone who's maybe out of state or maybe in a city or a state nearby, um, even if it requires a little bit of travel. But I find that traveling is one of the, the best ways also to meet people because it gives you the best of both worlds. You have bars, you have restaurants, you might be with some friends. Um, you know, you're just also in a different mindset. You're relaxed. You're like, okay, I'm going on vacay. I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, there, there's, there's just, you're more open to opportunities. Um, and I think each client is different. One of my clients just recently wrote me that she was at Orlando International Airport, as a matter of fact, and she had stayed the night at the hotel because she was getting ready to head to Greece. Guess what? She goes down to the food court and literally bumps into this guy that they both sat down in individual tables next to one another. And she's scanning for the menu. The menu is not working. So she's making a comment. They strike up a conversation. Bam. You know what I mean? Here they are dating. She's in California and he's actually in Seattle. Who would have thought? I mean, it's, it's West Coast, but hey, you know what I mean? They're nearby and you just never know. You never know who you're going to meet. I love that. I love the idea of opening up that radius of dating. Cause you're right. Some people look at it like, Oh, well they live more than 20 minutes away. So I can't date them. So I love the idea of it's summertime, take a road trip and just be open. So I have a question. How do you work with people? Cause I know like normally no one's going to see their flaws. So what do you do when you see someone has like a specific weakness or a specific kind of like quirk or like a little bit of like a flaw when you're trying to match them? How do you talk to them about changing something about themselves that they might not see? That's a great question, Sharona. One of the things when we're selecting or when we're going through the whole client process, because I, I always say the first match has to happen between me and the client, right? I have to be that I have to be a match for them as they are a match for us and being able to manage expectations. So one of the things is someone has to be coachable, being able to say to frame the things to someone and let them know like our job as a coach and also as a matchmaker is to be a mirror to be able to say hey if this is something that you've always done you may not be aware of it but this is something that is 
I'm noticing or the feedback is coming to me that this is occurring. Have you ever considered looking into this? Like, what do you feel about this? What are your thoughts on this? And being able to approach a person from that perspective, I think, you know, we all have flaws. Um, and one of the things that's beautiful about us as individuals in dating is that dating is a journey about learning about more about yourself, right? And loving those flaws, those things that make us imperfect, because at the end of the day, like, we're meant to come together to complement one another. And where I'm like, I say to my husband, where I'm weak, you're strong. And where, where you're weak, I'm strong, right? So we kind of play off of each other. But the most important thing is, is being able to be coachable. Um, I, I think, I think that's really important. And being able to ask questions, being able to, to dialogue and ask questions that there's something that you don't understand. And listen, I don't pretend to know everything because I'm, I'm human too. Like I'm part of this human experience, but I do really, the place that I come from with every client, you know, when I'm coaching them and something sensitive is to really be cognizant of how it is that I'm delivering that to them and giving them the opportunity to even disagree and say, no, I don't agree with you. Right. Because it's, it's okay. You know what I mean? It's not, maybe it's not the moment for them to hear that. I've been watching a lot of dating shows and there's a lot like X on the beach, you, me and your ex. So I want your take on people who stay really close friends with their exes, because a lot of people feel like it's bad. It's sab it's self-sabotage and it's not a good way to step into a new relationship. But I want to know from your professional opinion, is it possible to be really close with your ex and be in a healthy relationship with someone else? Like, where do you stand on people doing that? I think it could be possible to have a relationship or a friendship with someone, but to be really close with an ex, um, that's really, I got to bring up boundaries at that point, because I think if you're involved in another relationship with someone else and your, your time, attention, energy is on this relationship, it's important to discuss with the person that you're dating involved with, how do they feel about these how, how do they feel about your relationship with your ex, right? And I think for every person, every relationship is different. There are different types of relationships in today's in, in today's world that's always been around, but they're more open. Like people are involved in polyamorous relationships or in triads, right? And they seem to make it work. So it's not impossible, but I think it's really important to discuss that with your with your uh, person and and take the temperature of how they feel about it and vice versa, how do you feel about it? The most important things, again, is boundaries, because we don't want to disrespect the relationship that we're in. Um, there's friends of mine that were, are exes of mine that I have a relationship with. We're not like best friends, close friends, but we still talk to one another. We're friends on Facebook. You know, we have that that relationship, that bond, but we're not super close. Um, and then there's exes of mine that I I don't have any relationship with. Um, it just it didn't end amicably. And it really is dependent on both people and how mature they are with one another. Wouldn't you agree? Like maturity is huge yeah. in this. I think that you're right. It, it depends on the person and especially how it ended. And like you said, how mature, I think it's relationship specific because I've seen some situations where it tore people apart because the trust wasn't strong enough. So their mm -hmm. foundation wasn't strong. So they didn't trust each other enough to let that happen. But I think when you really know the person you're dating, trust is going to come naturally. You're, you're going to know that there's nothing going on. And then some people are, I, I was watching the show, you, me and your ex, and there's people who are like going out as threes, like a third wheel with their exes. And I'm like, how does this possibly work? But I guess when the trust, like you said, and foundation is there and you're both mature, it's, it's very possible to make that happen. Everyone gets to design relationships, how they see fit. 
Um, I don't think it's my place or anyone's place to really judge or really, you know what I mean? Everyone's living their own life and marching to the beat of their job. So if it makes them happy, hey, it makes them happy. Who am I to say this is right or this is wrong? Or I may disagree, but that doesn't mean that I have to impose my opinion on someone. So I have a question that I feel like so many people are dying to know, especially with like the TikTok and the Instagram trends and just kind of everything is Zodiac signs. How many times have you matched someone and they're like, well, I don't like that Zodiac sign. They don't fit with me. I've checked my charts. Like, what do you think about that? Do you think that the Zodiac thing is like totally crazy? Or do you like, what what are your thoughts? Because I feel like so many people just rely solely on that. And I feel like I've seen friends that like, they're like, well, I can't date him. He's a cancer. He's a Taurus. I can't date that. But it could be a pretty person. So like, what do you think? So I think it, it, everything in moderation, we don't match people based on zodiac signs. Like that's not the big part of how we do our matching process. We really match based on like science-based values and, and we're alignment in terms of their values and, and lifestyles and other areas of compatibility. But for some people, this could be an area like they, they feel very strongly about this. They believe like, Hey, I, I feel that I, I do better with certain types of signs and, and, there is some truth to it, right? I don't pretend to say no at all because I really don't know enough about that. But I think that if you just use that as like your gauge and as your compass, you might be missing out on a really great person. Remember, our zodiac sign only is, here's the thing. First off, if you're not pulling your actual chart that says the time of date that you were born, where you were born, and really look at how everything was structured and aligned in the moment that you came to this earth, there, I mean, there's already like a big, I don't know what, 20%, 30% like area that there's a blind spot. But I think if we just focus solely on that, you might miss the opportunity of meeting someone because a zodiac sign just tells us a little bit in generalities about a person. You can't take everything. It's like, okay, this is gospel, right? Because a person might be a cancer. My husband's a cancer. I'm a Pisces, right? And there are some things that he's supposed to be very cancerish about and he's not. You know, he's actually very Leo. And I'm just like, okay. But it's, you know, there's other areas and facets that make up a person, how they were brought up. um, You know, what are they an introvert, extrovert? How do they see the world? How are they tactile? Do they like to learn through here? Like so many things that influence our personality. So let's not focus solely on that. I would say like proceed with caution. That makes sense. So wait a minute what about like religion and culture so when you're matching do you think it's okay to to mix religions and cultures um if people were raised and brought up in different ways or do you think it's better to stay within those religions and cultures because i've seen a lot of situations where people's relationships fell apart because they're just the cultural differences or religious differences were just too much i think we could throw politics in this one if i'm honest too i mean (laughs) it, it was something that came up um post 20 or after 2016 election 2020 and so and I'm sure 2024 I've seen relationships that will just come apart because of political beliefs um so I, I put it in the same category and what I would say is I think it's really I think it's feasible I think a person who is um who has Christian values and dates someone who's spiritual is a possibility the question becomes like where what's the priority of spirituality in their life like is that something that's the center of their life because if it is then they're likely going to want to be with someone who also shares that as the center of their life but if it's a person who grew up christian and they just 
go to church occasionally, they believe in a higher power, but this other person has a spiritual practice of meditation. I've seen that work really, really well. Funny enough, just a moment ago, um, I was talking a little while ago on a different podcast about intercultural relationships and the importance of, yeah, being like being curious, like if we're curious about one another's culture, when you're, when you're dating someone who's not from your same culture, you tend to learn to understand, you make that person feel seen, heard and valued. Like, oh, you're interested in learning more about my world. Okay. Well, in return, I want to learn also more about your world. So I think it's, I think it's, I think it's feasible. I think it's a matter of really determining how important is that to someone and where does that fall in in the scale of things when we look at all the key areas of our life, finances, family, spirituality, um, sex, lifestyle, et cetera. I got it. I got it. So it's it's important to know the level of intensity they are in religion. Because I was raised super, super religious. We went to church like five times a week. And wow. it was it was more like a cult. I didn't know that until I got older. It was more like a cult. So when I turned 18, I stopped going. And I realized that that was way more intense. And I'm more of a spiritual person. You know, I feel like I definitely still believe. But the person that I date, I would rather them not be that intense into the religion, because it kind of overcame and immersed my whole life. Like as a child, I don't think I my first sleepover, I think I was like 18. Like, cause it, in my church, we couldn't do sleepovers. We couldn't go skating. We couldn't go bowling. So I, I, that question really was on the top of my head. Cause I was like, well, what do you do when you're trying to date someone and your religion is kind of overcoming your life? So I definitely love that answer. Okay. So we, we run out of time. We have some more questions to talk about. We're going to come back with part two because we want to talk about some of the things that you couldn't talk about last time that happened on season four of Darcy and Stacy. So I'm super excited to get some answers from that because we didn't get a tell all. I was hoping to see you at the tell all explaining it all to us. And I would have my popcorn and my wine and ready to you know <laughs> break down everything that happened, but that's okay. We're going to do it right now, right on the next video. Thank you so much to my co-host Sharona. Thank you so much for Michelle G. I'm George Mossy. This is the George Mossy Show. Make sure you check out part two of this video and we'll talk to all of you guys really soon. What is up, everybody? I'm George Mossy. Welcome to the George Mossy Show. This is my co-host Sharona. Say hi to her. And my special guest, Michelle G. We are back. This is part two. Obviously, we ran out of time because all I do is talk and I have so many questions <laughs> for Michelle G. I just, I just, I feel like if we were out hanging out, she wouldn't have a good time at all because I would just be talking and talking and talking her ear off because her knowledge of dating is so invaluable to me. Like so many people have been in bad relationships and they've been making bad decisions and she has all the knowledge you need to have a a healthy, growing, progressing relationship. And I feel like this information needs to get out. And if you guys need to be matched, this is who you need to talk to. So I have a question. One of my really good friends, she's in the public eye and she's been looking to date and she has had a really hard time. So what is your advice for someone in the public eye who's been on reality TV or a TV show who wants to date, but they want someone to find them attractive and love them for who they are, not because they have a bunch of followers, not because they've been on TV. What tactics do you have where you can get someone to get to know you instead of the character that they've seen on their televisions or when they hit Google and they see all these weird news stories? What do you do to get people to put more interest in you as in that person? I mean, anyone who is in the public eye, whether they're a celebrity, whether they're um, someone who owns a company or just just an influencer, like my heart goes out to them because it's not easy to date. Like literally your life is out for the entire public to make judgment on. 
and to really form an opinion about you. I think, I believe that this is where red flags, yellow flags and green flags come in. You know, when you're dating in the public eye and you're, you're wanting to make sure that the person that you're meeting with don't rush things. That would be one of my first, first pieces of advice is not to rush things, take things slow. There is a natural ebb and flow of a relationship. And sometimes I think that with all the external pressures, we might we not notice it, but we're starting to accelerate things. When in reality, it's kind of just taking it one step at a time. Looking out for those, secondly, looking out for those red flags. Like what, and, and we have to identify like, okay, there's general red flags. Like if someone's inconsistent, right? If someone only seems to show up one way when they're, when there's a camera or uh, some, some sort of media device around, but then behind closed door, they're different. Like you got to pay attention. So those things, those are generalities. But I think we have to be clear and for your friend as, as being in the public eye, like what are also some things for her that are non-negotiables, right? That would be like, okay, it, this is a non-negotiable for me. And then it, this could be how I would be able to acknowledge it through this red flag. I'll give you an example. Maybe someone who's a big spender, right? Maybe they, they do very well financially, but they're a big spender. For someone that may be, if the person's like, look, I'm trying to build my wealth. I'm trying to, I have a vision. I have goals, right? And if you notice that that person has all this money, but doesn't, have a direction or a vision for it, that could be a yellow flag because you might want to start asking more questions around that. Like, okay, what is their relationship with money? Like, what are their financial goals? What are they trying to reach? I feel like when it, when we're in the public eye, it's, or I say we, because, you know, being the public eye, also doing some of the work with that I did with Darcy, like it brought me some very much unexpected attention and everyone was you know it, it, I had my own experience of that and it was like wow these are conversations and topics that I didn't have to have with my husband like I never had to talk to my husband about what happens if people troll you right they don't they don't like me and they troll me what happens if women start sliding into your dm trying to hit on you you, you, you know like all these things that you just don't expect but it's important to be able to talk about them right and I think that paying attention to red flags and then last but not least is Listen, the same way people do research about you, it's okay for you as a, as a dater to do research on people. Like it doesn't hurt to do a Google search and just find out what's out there, what's in general about this person. If you have questions before making an assumption or letting a news article or letting a media piece convince you or create a story about that person, ask them. You know what I mean? Give that person the opportunity to not necessarily explain themselves, but really give you like what was happening in their world in that moment, because there's always two, three, four, five sides to a different to yep. a story. There's never just one. I love that. Okay. So I kind of wanted to take it back to Darcy and Stacey. Yes. So, I, so we kind of saw during Darcy dating Cicero, like they both kind of had different viewpoints. Like Darcy thought it was going really good. Cicero kind of didn't. So like, what was kind of going on behind the scenes with that? Because I just feel like we got like so many different sides. Yeah. So I think it's important to understand kind of the matching process, right? We In the matching process, we have Darcy, who was the client, and then we have Cicero, who is a match and a candidate. It doesn't always mean that they hire us as a matchmaking service. And like for anyone listening, if you're single and you just want to be a part of a pool of a network of single people, you can join our database. Like it's free for you to join, right? You can join and you could possibly be matched with one of our VIP clients. So kind of in 
I want to explain that because that was part of how it is we recruited Cicero for Darcy, that we found that they were compatible in a lot of different areas. I think, you know, looking back on the experience, I think both of their feedback, there was congruency in their feedback. They both felt that they liked one another. I think what happens is that they're both very busy people, right? Darcy's running her uh, business. She is also filming on TV. She has, uh, and I think with this season, with what transpired in terms of like, she was also there for her sister for the whole wedding thing. Like there's only so much a person can handle. Cicero is a single dad, right? Who travels back and forth. He's a businessman. Um, you know, he has also, there's a cultural difference, right? That's, that's another aspect of it. And I think that early on in them getting to know one another, there were some of these cultural expectations that really weren't discussed openly and freely. And some of those conversations that did happen didn't make it on camera either, right? That would given a lot more context and clarity as to like where the disconnect was. Um, you know, I I always was very honest with Cicero if I told if I thought that he was doing something inappropriate or he wasn't acting like a gentleman and vice versa I was always really honest with Darcy to let her know like listen um this is an area where maybe you and I think they did show this on the show like look I think they did like you know we 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 he's he's enchulado right like he's expecting a little bit more fire like a little bit more more play um and I think that that just when those things aren't discussed or those things aren't really brought forth right um mm -hmm. it can cause for assumptions to be made across the board okay so here's the question we saw when darcy decided to let you go on the show and she kind of said that she didn't feel like you were going in the right direction and then you had some feedback for her what was going through your mind because do clients typically disagree with the decisions you make or the people you match them with? Or was this an isolated incident? Like what was going on in your mind and how did that situation play out for you? Because I don't know if this is something that happens frequently or if this was a first time for you. So I just want to know where was your mindset at the time? Yeah, it isn't something that happens frequently. I think one of the things was like when I first started working with Darcy, I really asked her for her to be coachable. And I think she was in the beginning and I, and I feel that she was coachable through the process, but I feel that there was some things that um, Cicero brought up to me that he, he, I encouraged him to share with her, right. Um, in terms of just social media presence. And we're not talking just about IG, you know, we're talking about something I, I wasn't able to disclose was how he felt about her having an OnlyFans account and kind of other ways that she, um, that she does present and put herself out there. And I think that that's, that was something too, that was a disconnect for both of them. Like, again, it's expectations. Like what, he needed to be really clear in communicating his expectations and she needed to be very clear as well. And I don't think that they had a lot of time to be able to do that. And maybe in the times that they did, it just didn't, it didn't come across on camera. It didn't come through. Right. Um, so my, I think when I went into that meeting, honestly, I wasn't really know what wasn't really knowing what to expect because I had some another match that I wanted to present to her. So that I didn't get the opportunity; it just didn't make it on camera to present to her this other match. Um, and when she had said to me, like, "Look, I'm not feeling like I'm comfortable with this process," or like, you know, um, the second date was something that to me, I I wasn't aware that they were going to be doing a second date. And typically as an agency, what we do is we set up the first date. If things go well, we kind of let things have its natural progression. We don't want to be there all the time because we understand that that's really 
them dating is really them figuring out, are we a fit for one another? So the second date was kind of, I was caught off guard and I understood how she was upset. I also understood what, what had transpired with this, this image of him and this other woman. And so there was a lot of variables that needed to be discussed and they weren't discussed. And so what happens is that it leaves a lot of room for assumption and, and interpretation. So when I went in, I wasn't expecting her to fire me. I was expecting her to give me some other feedback, but it ended up that she didn't feel comfortable with the process. And I was okay with that because at the end of the day, again, her and I have to be a match in order for our relationship to grow and for us to be able to collaborate and, and for her to be able to feel comfortable and trust me with the process. So I wasn't upset. And some of the things that didn't make it on camera, I used some different examples, just some other things. And just like the past season, I think her sister also had talked about like her being able to use more of her voice um, and, and say the things that she wants and say and ask the questions that need to be asked in order to be able to like get the answers that she wanted. And really my feedback came from that place of, look, I, I don't have the skills or the tools to help you get there. That's, that's beyond my scope. So this is, the best resource that I can, I can offer you so you can be successful, you know, as you're going through this process. Um, yeah, you know, it was, can't believe everything you see on reality TV. It's, it is, you know, it is, it is a show, right? We do want to make sure that we make things shock and awe, but, um, there is no bad blood between her and I, I wish her nothing but the best. We spoke after the show, um, we've spoken a couple of times actually after the show. So there is no bad blood between us. And I really do hope that in this journey that she's able to find her voice and, um, and find love, honestly, like just because it didn't work with me doesn't mean that there isn't somewhere else out there for her. I love that. I love hearing that you guys have spoken since. Yeah. Yeah. She's, you know, there's been people who've I've had men reach out to me and be like, hey, I saw the show. Do you think that you could hook me up with Darcy? Do you, you know, and then I look at the guy and I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't think this would be the, the right fit, you know, but I, I reached out to her and I said, hey, I think there might be someone I could, you know, would you be open? And, you know, depending what's happening in her life, you know, uh, she's busy with the girls or busy. She might be like, no, I'm not ready. Um, and I get the impression that maybe I think she's doing her for a little while. That's kind of the impression I get right now. Okay, so we kind of touched on this earlier, but I kind of wanted to ask. So there's so many different kinds of relationships that people are doing now. You know, there's, it's like more well known that people are like in open relationships, polyamorous, so many different things. So how do you go about matching someone that's like, I want to be with multiple partners, or I have a husband, I'm looking at another husband, or I have a wife, I'm looking at another wife. So how do you go about that? Great question, Sharona. So I worked with um, a triad, like, co like I've worked with triads and I've worked with polyamorous relationships more in a coaching communication type of environment, not necessarily matching them. I wouldn't say that that's an area of my expertise, but if someone came to me and said, Hey, look, this is the lifestyle. This is my preference in relationships. I am always happy to refer them to one of my colleagues who is probably more specialized in that area and more equipped to serve them than me. I, you know, I don't pretend to know, know all and be all or so, you know, mm -hmm. I want to make sure at the end of the day that I refer them to someone that is the right fit for them. So, um, but I would imagine that, that there's a lot of very deep and personal questions, you know, more deeper than probably I talk with clients about to understand, 
you know, the dynamics of it um, and how to best make it work. Yeah, that's that's definitely something that I had a lot of questions about because so many different feelings and emotions involved in these relationships with multiple people. So it's always going to be difficult to navigate through that to make sure everybody is okay, everybody is happy. All right, so mm -hmm. we've run out of time. I've had such a good time. I would love to make this a recurring thing. Like I would love to have like a monthly relationship talk with you. So if that's a possibility, like let's talk about that. Thank you so much for coming back on the George Massey Show. We love having you here. Thank you so much to Sharona for joining me for this interview. I'm gonna put Michelle's links and everything here at the bottom. So anybody who's looking to find love or get advice, she is the person that you need to talk to. She has the knowledge that is needed for you to have a healthy, progressing relationship. And I think that's what all of our goals are, right? That's what we're all working towards. So thank you guys so much. Make sure you follow me on all social media platforms at George Mossy, georgemossy.com and anywhere you get your podcast. We'll talk to all of you guys really soon.